Welcome to another episode of Sailor Snacking, the podcast where we talk about the 1990s Sailor Moon anime, and we have a yummy snack. And this week, it's actually a yummy snack. Yay! Yay! Uh, I'm Jen, and then always, I'm joined by Tracy. Hi, listeners. Uh, so, Tracy, why don't you tell us a bit about this week's yummy snack? Okay, so... Uh, today's snack is Pocky, and if you don't already know what Pocky is, get out. Just kidding. Um, it's, <laughs> it's pretty much just, like, a biscuit dipped in, like, different flavors of chocolate, and they've been around for a very long time, so that's why I was like, get out. But, yeah, we'll talk about more later in the snack portion. Hmm. Jen already ate all of hers. They're apparently delicious to her. Anyways, I love Pocky. <laughs> Me too. Uh, so our special guest for today is my friend May. So Hi. welcome to the podcast, May. Hey, thanks for having me. Uh, <laughs> do you want to tell us a bit about your history or your past with Sailor Moon? Uh, hmm. I don't know. I kind of grew up watching Sailor Moon like uh, in elementary school. Um, and it just kind of came on after class or after school. And I just kind of flip on the TV and just watch it. That's essentially it. It's on syndication I, on TV, I think. And you fell in love with it? Yeah, it's like, um, I was always <laughs> exposed to, like, Japanese animation, like, you know, with Astro Boy and all that stuff. Um, I don't know, we watched Voltron a long time ago. Like, back when I was in the Philippines, like, my brother would tell me about that, and we would have toys, so once the other moon came on, I think he knew of it before, and he was telling me about it, so I'm just like, oh, I guess so. Let's give it a shot. <laughs> Do you have a favorite Sailor Scout, or Sailor Senji? Um, that's a good question. I like Jupiter and Venus. Yeah, we're I mean, not quite at Venus scouts. yet, but, yeah, Jupiter's pretty awesome. Yeah. But also Saturn's kind of do a pull at the end of this. Oh, Saturn is awesome. I can't wait till we get to her in like three years. (laughs) 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 Might take us a bit. Uh, All right. Well, today we are going to be watching episodes 29 and 30. Again, the Japanese uh, episode listing, not the Deke version. Um, and so episode 29 is called Total Chaos, The Messy Love Rectangle. And episode 30 is Grandpa Loses Control, Ray in Danger. Uh, so we'll start with, uh, The Messy Love Rectangle. (laughs) (laughs) These episodes were so cute. Both of them were so adorable. Um, so overall impressions, Tracy, do you want to give us your impressions of episode 29? Well, Okay. My favorite part was the episode starting. Actually, the whole episode was really good. Um, I love... Even the animation was a little different. It just felt like there was a lot of like that manga-type style character. But the last time we really saw a lot of that in an episode was very early on. I think the first episode where we see um, Ami. And then they do it again now. Um, with, like, Mamoru coming up behind them and, like, trying to sneak up or be like, oh, you can't be in love with him. He has a girlfriend. Um, And the characters get all, like, manga style, but it seems a lot more fluid than it did 
you know, yeah. like 20 episodes ago. So I, I really like that. giant eyes. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you can see that the animation style is getting better as we get through this season, which I think was amazing. Uh, but at the beginning of the episode, the radio person was just like, there's a 10% chance of rain. And then it's like torrential downpour. And I'm like, oh, my God, that's life. That's life right there in that five seconds. <laughs> yeah, I like the transition that they did from the, like, sunny to the rain, like, just kind of sh- shifted it into blue. And I was like, ooh, that's pretty. <laughs> yeah, like, this whole episode was really visually pretty. Mm-hmm. With a lot of a lot of people being in love. You know, when that background changes and there's flowers and it's all shiny and shimmery. Uh, yeah, so I really enjoyed, like, the aesthetic of this episode, as well as their cute outfits, because we get to see Motoko and um, Usagi in, like, their weekend wear, and their outfits are super cute uh, mm-hmm. in this episode. And they're, like, wearing aprons and, like, being, like, little 14-year-old housewives. It's really cute. <laughs> uh, what did you think, May? Uh, it, I don't know, it, it sounds like it was a love triangle, but it seemed just more like two girls kind of just crushing on this call. Isn't like a, what's his name? I just know his English name, Andrew. Yeah, it's okay. You can use the English names if you like. Yeah. Motoki, Andrew. (laughs) Yeah, it's, uh, they're just crushing on him, right? And it's just kind of weird that he just let two girls stay at his place. I found that very odd, too. Where Motoki was like, you should come over and cook for me. And, and Makoto was like, I'll also clean your place. And I'm like, that's odd. Why Why would you do that? Yes. And then it's just like, you can stay here. I'm like, oh, <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> for hours while I go to a, with another girl. It's like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, it's his real girlfriend. But <laughs> if we had planned ahead, we would have had Hayashi Rice for this episode. <laughs> oh. Or... Or Daifuku, which is in the next episode. Oh. <laughs> yeah. But it's okay. Um, I liked in this episode that we got a little bit more of, like, a background for Motoki and for a little bit for Mamoru and their, like, their friendship. Um, I really love Reika, Motoki's girlfriend. She's adorable. Um, but I, I like that we had that... Matoki's got like a bit more personality than the cute boy at the game center that you know he has a girlfriend and he has his own issues that he's dealing with in his life outside of Usagi's craziness uh, and also that he's like oh I know that they like me I think of them as little sisters I would never date a middle school girl and Mamoru's like eh. <laughs> I know that reaction was amazing I love that that interaction between the two of them at the coffee shop. Uh, it was good. I had to rewatch it. <laughs> yeah, me too. Luna's also in here in this episode a lot where she's just like, can you guys just like get your act together a lot? I feel kind of bad for her. Even when we get to the point where, okay, so Luna's like crashing into the glass door to be like, okay, like transform, like there's some serious trouble. Uh, their reaction to that is just like they're they're so enraged 
that they were left behind. There were two pretty girls left behind by a boy that that's what stirs them to transform. It's so funny. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And then they go, you know, we're here with 10,000 bolts of heartbreak power. (laughs) It's got some good lines in this episode. (laughs) It does. I wrote down quite a few of them. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. I also like that when uh, Usagi comes to uh, to ask Makoto what's wrong. And Mako's like, oh, Matoki has a girlfriend. And then Asugi, uh, or Usagi automatically assumes that she's his girlfriend. She's like, wait. So good. If, if, if <laughs> Matoki broke your heart because he has a girlfriend, that must mean that I'm his girlfriend. I'm like, uh, don't you know? <laughs> this whole episode is full of, like, 14-year-old girl logic. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, that's totally how, uh, you know teenage girls would be which makes me wonder like was i like that as a teenage girl i don't know hmm i don't know i think about it sometimes but i'm like i don't think about it too hard (laughs) um i also think like the monster is using 14 year old logic because yeah she like a a scientist but a scientist from this perspective of someone who doesn't know much about science because she's like hurling like powers from an Erlenmeyer flask and then she's also like using microbiology to like attack and I'm like what kind of scientist are you? What kind of science are you doing, Rekha? She's all the science. She's all the science. I'm like, what? (laughs) Yeah. I love the design of that monster though. She's super cool looking. Oh, and she's so mean. Like, the first thing she says to them is, girls without boyfriends are pathetic. And they're, and they're like, oh, them's fighting words. <laughs> <laughs> and then when Tuxedo Mask shows up, and uh, Sailor Moon is like, oh, it's Tuxedo Mask. Jupiter's like, but what about Motoki? And she's like, right now, I'm totally into sail- into Tuxedo Mask. Right? <laughs> He's just so, like, fluid. <laughs> just like, I love whichever guy is in front of me right now. I just like guys. That's it. Just yeah. Boy, that's pretty whatever. much it. Doesn't matter. <laughs> oh. uh, uh, yeah, it's so cute. And then uh, we kind of jump, we're jumping around all over the place, but back where Mamoru is telling Usagi and Makoto that Matoki only thinks of them as little sisters, he had some like perverse pleasure in that, don't you think? He was smiling and he's like, you love this guy, but he just thinks you're sisters. And I'm like, he's such a little jerk. I thought the interaction (laughs) was very, very cute because the last episode we talked about how Mamoru is just trying to be friends with them but doesn't know how because he's like really socially awkward and I think that this is another scene of that he's just like I want to be able to tell them something or like gossip with the girls but I don't know how to do it because I'm an awkward like older guy (laughs) yeah or he's trying to uh he's like I want to like friendly tease them and like have a thing with them like bunhead and she's like, don't call me that. And she's like, okay, butthead. Like, he's trying to, yeah, he's trying to tease, but he's just not good at it. And it comes off being jerkish. Yeah. 
See, I always thought their interaction was more like more of a brother and sister thing than um, the scouts into, right? It's like with my older brother, we would tease each other all the time and call each other names. So I'm like, it's kind of weird that, like, you know, they get together after. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's a slow burn for their relationship, for sure. Hello? Yeah, but I think, like, they don't know that they're in a relationship. Like, right? So they're they're still Mm -hmm. at this really awkward point where they're trying to be friends. Yeah. They still have Yeah, they're just not... They're they're both very much in denial about if any any emotions that they have towards each other, whether they're friendly or romantic. They just Usagi's like he's being a jerk, and Mamoru's like I don't know how to talk to humans. <laughs> yeah, that's essentially it. He's like, oh, human interaction? What? I mean, he's dating a middle school girl because he's like, <laughs> I don't know if he could if he has like the capacity or the skills to get someone his own age. <laughs> And even when he started yeah, I w- dating, I w- dating Ray, it was because she was like, okay, you're going to come for coffee with me right now. And he's like, uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, could you imagine him trying to have a relationship with, like, Reika? Like, yeah. With, with, like, the kind that Motoki and Reika have? It's like, they have a very mature relationship, comparatively speaking. And Mamoru is just, yeah, he, he can't fathom the idea, like... That conversation that he has with Motoki in the in the tea shop or coffee shop or where they are, where Motoki's like, I really want her to stay with me and I don't want her to go away. But, you know, it, it's a once in a lifetime opportunity and I'm very conflicted. And Memora's like, why are you conflicted? Just tell her to stay. It's like he doesn't get that. <laughs> right. It's like he's not emotionally mature. It's they put him in the wrong aged body. <laughs> <laughs> It's like he should have been like yeah. middle school age in class with Usagi and Ami and everyone else. <laughs> he should have so been it, Umino. <laughs> yes. And you know what he could have been? Because sometimes he comes across like kind of creepy and mean, right? So he would have just been hanging out with Umino. They would have been BFFs. <laughs> Awkward and weird. <laughs> Yeah, he's kind of cute though in a, a darky kind of way, you know. It's just like you can't help but feel kind of pity almost. Oh, for sure. Like you feel oh, bad yeah. for him because I don't know. He doesn't know what he's doing as tuxedo mask or as like a college-aged boy. He's so lost. You do feel bad for him. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the only time he feel, I think he has, like, a, a sense of purpose is when he is Tuxedo Mask to get the crystals, but he doesn't even know why. He's just like, the strange dream lady told me to get the crystals, so that's what I'm going to do. He he doesn't even know exactly what he's supposed to be doing. So, yeah, you do feel bad for him. Um, But I was, I was watching this with Karina, like we usually do, and, uh, we had this discussion over how, as teenagers, we were all about Mamoru and Tuxedo Mask. 
And now as adults, I'm like, Matoki's a nice guy. I would date Matoki. (laughs) I don't know. Like, okay, so I used to think Matoki was a nice guy, but this episode showed him really weird. He's like, okay, I'm just going to let this high school girl clean my apartment, cook for me, and then I'm going to leave them in my apartment while I go hang out with my girlfriend. It seems like, I don't know, like he is a little dense, maybe a little bit. Of a jerk and doesn't even realize it. Hmm. Yeah. But I mean, like, comparatively speaking, he's the more mature of the two. I, I also I was wondering if that's like a cultural thing. Is it like a part of Japanese courtship to have the girlfriend come over and clean your apartment or make you dinner or something like that? Like, is that I don't know if that's part of Japanese culture. But that's like a that's a dick move if he's like, I know that they're just like high school girls and they like me and I'm just like leading them on. Like that just seems like a dick move on his part. And he's like smiling as he does it. And I just feel like he's one of those like hashtag nice guys. I don't know why girls like don't like me because you're a jerk. <laughs> right. He's yeah. like he plays at being nice, but like his actions aren't really that nice. I think he just comes up with clueless, really. Really? I don't know. Because he's telling Mamoru that, oh, yeah, I know they have a crush on me. So I'm going to make them, like, make me dinner on Sunday. Yeah, that part. Yeah, that part was kind of dickish. It's like, mm. but again, he's supposed to be, like, how old is he supposed to be? College age, I thought. 19, maybe? Yeah, he's about, no, he's about the same age as Mamoru. So he's, like, 17, 18. I mean, and guys don't mature until they're, what, like, 50? So. <laughs> I don't even know about that. <laughs> <laughs> the one thing I noticed the second time I watched this, uh, the first time I didn't catch it, but the second time I watched it, um, is that Motoki says, if I had a little sister, I think I would like them to be like Mako and Usagi. And I'm like, but he does have a little sister. She shows up in Super S. Unazuki. Weird. So I'm like, I guess at this point in time, uh, they didn't know that Unazuki was going to exist. Probably. Yeah, written in <laughs> after the fact. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh. She, they should have fixed even with something like, oh, it's his stepsister. <laughs> yeah. Or, or, yeah, something like that. But, like, she doesn't show up until according to the wiki, the Sailor Moon wiki, until, like, episode 69. But then it's like, oh, I'm I'm Motoki's sister. And I'm like, but you said way back in episode 29 that you didn't have a sister. So, anyway, I just thought that was odd. Um, <laughs> we also got a little bit more about the relationship with uh, Kunzite and Zoisite. Just a quick little scene. Whoa, jealous much, right? (laughs) Zoosite's like so quick to be like, wait a second. Like, whoa, hold up a second right there. Like, you can't like other people. It's crazy. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You can't think she's pretty. I'm pretty. Yeah. (laughs) And then like, 
Kunzite's like backtracking. He's like, oh, right. You're like, not even this rose can compare to you. Right. Okay, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> yeah, so I like that Zoysa, or that Kunzite can just show Zoysite something shiny and all is forgiven. Or, you know, pretty. It's like, here, here's a present. Enjoy. Now we're good. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it's also interesting because that's what drives Zosite to really get the crystal in this episode, right? Because they're like, oh, I'll I'll show you. I'll go get that crystal. And they do, I believe, in this episode. So Zosite is coming up on top, I think, with this is the second crystal that the, that the Dark Kingdom has acquired. I've lost count. Yeah, I think it is. It's the, I think it's the second. Next episode is the third. So they are coming up on top. Come on, Sailor Senshi and Tuxedo Mask. Get, get with the program. Collect these well, crystals. Okay. Which ones did the Sailor Scouts get again? They got Ray. They got the one from... They didn't get the one from Crane Game, Crane Troll Joe, right? The first one. No, that was Zoicite. And then the one with Boxy, I think that's the one that Tuxedo Mask got, right? Yep. And then they got the one from Ami's boyfriend. Yep. Uh, and then who got the one from the painter girl? Oh. I think Zoysai got oh, that no. one, too. I think Tuxedo Mask did, because Usagi's like, oh, can I have the crystal? And he was like, no dice. Okay, so Tuxedo Tuxedo Mask has two, and now the Dark Kingdom has two, and the Sailor Scouts have one. Right. Okay. For anybody else, they're keeping score. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I had to go backwards through my notes to remember all of the Rainbow Crystal Monsters, just so you all know. I don't have this stuck in my head. I was going to say, I'm like, I don't remember (laughs) A lot of that. I'm glad you have notes. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I'm like, I got to flip back through uh, the other uh, episodes and I'm like, okay, that was the one where this happened. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't have all of that memorized. Um, I do love the show, but I can't memorize all of the se- the seven monsters or at least enough to remember who they all are. Uh, anything else you guys want to say about this episode? I mean, plot-wise, there wasn't a hell of a lot going on. Other no, than, but it was so yeah. cute. It was, it was super, super good. Cute. Yeah. Yeah. I like. I really like this episode, even though it doesn't really move too much of the plot along. A crystal gets picked up, though. So, like, these Rainbow Crystal episodes move quickly when it comes to, like, collecting them and moving the plot. But, uh, and then we do get to see Usagi and Mamoru again interacting Albeit kind of like jokingly. So that does kind of move the plot, I think, a little bit. At least their relationship. Yeah, I think it's more of a <clears throat> Mamoru is starting to like Usagi better than Usagi is starting to like Mamoru better. Oh, for sure. He's but not nearly as cruel. But he's still mean. <laughs> yeah, well, he like sneaks up behind them at the game center and he's like, here to confess your love. <laughs> 
that that one picture of of Mako strangling Mamoru, and <laughs> I love that shot. I like paused the TV. I was laughing so hard. It was good. They don't have a screen cap of it. I'm gonna have to try to find it. Mm-hmm. I'll put that on Instagram. <laughs> uh, any final thoughts, May? No, it's pretty uh pretty covered. Yep. All right. Well, then why don't we uh, pause for our snack? Tracy, do you want to tell us a bit more about Pocky? Okay. So, yes. So Pocky actually was first sold in 1966 and was invented by Ushaki Koma. And the original biscuits were um, just like a plain kind of like cookie biscuit coated in chocolate. So that's pretty much like the original Pocky. Uh, the name for Pocky is apparently the onomata poetic word for pokin. I'm not sure what that means, but all I, I know like is... the sound it makes when it snaps in half, like pok. Yeah, well, that's kind of like, if you watched any of like the commercials in the 90s, that was like always in the commercial, just like that breaking, the Pocky. So back when I used to go to Anime North, which was a while ago... Um, that was really the only time I could ever find Pocky. So it was like the stack up or the stock up on Pocky event. And <laughs> mm. I would always, it's very much more mainstream now. It is for sure. Like you can buy it at the grocery stores kind of like anywhere now. But when I was, a, when I was a kid, it was P mall. You'd go to Pacific mall and you'd grab like all the flavors. Oh, really? I miss the Pacific mall of the past. Yeah. I went there recently, and it's not quite as good as it was before, where you could just, like, stock up on anime. Oh, yeah, but you don't, you can just download all your anime now. You don't I need know. to buy all that bootleg stuff. Oh, man. It was, it was fun going to the bootleg and, like, just looking at covers and going, that looks interesting, and buying it for $3, and then watching and going, ooh, that was awful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, back so what, when, like, internet wasn't that great, so you couldn't download them all. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or internet didn't exist. Hmm. Uh, so what flavors do you guys have for your Pocky? I have chocolate banana. And I've never actually had this flavor before. I think it's one of my brother's favorites, though. But um, I just opened the package, and it smells like that delicious banana medicine from my childhood. Mm. <laughs> uh, what flavor do you have, May? Strawberry and cookies and cream. Mm. Oh. It's really nice. It's kind of like, um, it reminds me of a strawberries and cream kind of biscuit. I have green tea. It tastes like green tea. (laughs) It smells like green tea. It looks like green tea. It's very Mm. tasty. (laughs) Is it good green tea? That's the question. Yeah, it's not bad. Mm. I also bought a box of cookies and cream, but that's my uh, off-podcast snack. (laughs) Mm. Yep, it's very, very green tea. I always associate Pocky with like watching anime because that would be like my favorite activity to do on weekends mm-hmm. growing up. I just remember like eating lots of Pocky and watching all the all of Slayers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's gonna be our next pad- podcast: Slayer snacking. <laughs> I actually watch that. It's super cute. I really like Slayers. 
So how many Pocky do you eat at a time? Just one, or do you grab, like, four? <laughs> I do one, because you want to savor them. I do oh. two. I do I'm two, too. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's this one flavor, it's called, like, Almond Crush. I would say it's my favorite, because there's so much chocolate, and then there's, like, crushed almonds on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Pocky stick is a bit thicker in those ones, so you really could... You only really need to eat one at a time for those, for sure. But, like, the regular Pocky, the biscuits are a bit smaller, I guess. This one's interesting because they're the chocolate biscuits, because they're chocolate banana, dipped in banana flavor. I like it. Yeah, mine's more like a a cracker. It tastes like, it's like, I guess it's vanilla, but it's almost like a breadstick cracker type one. Which goes really nicely with the green tea. just going to eat the whole box or put it away before <laughs> the, whole, the rest of the podcast is going to be crunching. I mean, like, that's what a lot of our podcasts are. <laughs> I mean, like, once we get to the snack portion, it's a lot of snacking, like, slurping and crunching. Mm-hmm. But I think right now with the whole box, it's like a couple sticks. And if you go two at a time, you look down and there's nothing left. I know. And- it's so sad. And the nutritional facts, fa- the nutritional facts are for the whole box, so that means you're supposed to eat it in one serving, right? Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> you can eat two boxes. That's cool, cool, cool. <laughs> no big deal. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So that's pocky. The good thing about the pocky is that we can. Uh, it's not going to take us for a long time to eat it. No. So we can get right back into our next episode, which is also a super cute episode. This one is episode 30, Grandpa Loses Control, Ray in Danger. Uh, Again, it's just like the last episode. It's super cute, but not a whole lot of plot uh, other than the introduction of another new character. And this character is actually one that uh, sticks around for a bit. It's uh, Yuichiro. Or Chad, if you want to yes. go by the North American name. <laughs> I was trying to remember his name also while I was watching it. And I'm just like, he was kind of like, he had like the surfer dude kind of vibe in the English version. The deep. Yeah, they, they made him sound a bit more like an idiot in the in the translation, in the Deke dub. It's because he which, had that like, intonation, which is kind of very valley-ish, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I didn't really find that in the in watching it in Japanese. He's always like, I'm Chad. I work at the temple. I'm like an assistant, Brad. You know, like that. <laughs> I guess it's because he's got like a shaggier appearance. They were like, oh, he's probably more of like a hippie surfer dude than anything else. Okay, so I have to ask, like, why is he asleep on the stairs? Like, that looks like the most. So the episode opens up and he's like asleep on the stairs in front of the temple. Like, how is that comfortable for anybody? Nobody. So what? the wiki the wiki says a drunk man who was sleeping on the stride steps awoke to irritate to an irritated ray. So according to the wiki, he was drunk. Okay, that makes more sense now. Because like um, he's like sprawled on the staircase. If I slept like that at any age, I'd be like, my back's broken. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, but if he's a drunk, then why does he stay with them for extended periods? 
I, I don't know. Like, I mean, he, the reason he decides to stay is because uh, he falls in love with Ray at first sight and is like, I need to work here so I can be near this gorgeous girl. So he just leaves his house and his belongings to fall I don't think he has any. He's like, I just like live my life wherever the wind takes me, yo. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that, that's a very Chad way of doing it. It's Chad. My name is Chad. My name is Chad. <laughs> I just go with the flow. <laughs> Yeah. Because uh, he shows up again in a couple other episodes, doesn't he? Yeah. Like, he, he continues working at the temple, right? Yeah. He becomes, like, a, you know, a, a regular working yeah. there. Um, And I like that Ray kind of falls in love with him a bit, too. She's always blushing, and I'm like, ma date somebody hopefully your own age i don't know how no. old he is either i think he's i think he's older yeah he's like this drifter he's like my i don't need a classroom the world is my classroom right? apparently he in the deep dub he was a musician oh oh that makes sense just like wandering around playing wherever wherever he felt like it you know like strumming his guitar just having the case open collecting some money that kind of thing but you have to have a license for that actually you can't just play your music anywhere (laughs) so if there's any potential buskers listening make sure Mm -hmm. you get a license yep apply to your local town or city (laughs) right at least in most municipalities anyways there's your your legal lesson for today <laughs> please note that we are not actually giving any legal I'm, advice we're not at all <laughs> love the disclaimer yeah like call diamond and diamond or whatever i don't know what they do i just hear them on the radio a lot <laughs> and that's our tangent for episode 14 <laughs> um i really like this episode for lots of like one of the main reasons I really like this episode is because we see grandpa like fight off Zoisite with just his spiritual powers. So you're like, Oh, you're right. He's more than just a lecherous little man. He's a, <laughs> he's a powerful Shinto priest. Who's also a lecherous awesome. little man. <laughs> yes. It's awesome. And he's like, so cute making his jokes. He is. When very cute. Yeah. When he's like, apparently going through some like emotional unsta- instability, <laughs> It was entertaining, anyways. It was really sad in this episode when Ray and Usagi kind of got into a fight. Like, yeah, I was really sad about that. Like, Usagi is just being her silly self, and Ray's like, "Okay, I need you to like butt out of my family business because it's none your business." Um, yeah, but Ray brought them all over to help her with that, and then as soon as they like say anything she's like uh it's not your business i'm like but you invited them over for this reason and then after they left she was just like what are these friends they don't understand um and i i chalk that up to you know just being an emotional 14 year old yeah probably (laughs) yeah she's like i want them to like be involved but not involved i need ice cream (laughs) coffee (laughs) or a daifuku which is delicious. But the part where where Ray basically tells Usagi we're no longer friends, I'm like, that's the meanest thing you can say to Usagi. 
Because Usagi's whole being is her friends. Like, yeah. she's that's what she is. She cares too much. Yeah. So I was like, oh, that's like the cruelest thing you could say to her. And then she gets all depressed until Luna distracts her with sweets. <laughs> mm-hmm. You just um, gotta eat away your feelings. It's cool. <laughs> that's what everybody yeah. does, right? <laughs> that's what I do. Come on, Pocky. <laughs> yep. Eat your feelings. Like, I felt that part of the episode. I was like, yes. And also Usagi's like, I'm going to go over there and offer her these delicious snacks. And honestly, if I was ever mad at anyone and they came over to offer me delicious snacks, I'd be like, what problem? What anger? All forgiven, None. Right? All well, is make- forgiven if it's covered in sprinkles. Making a mental note of that. <laughs> <laughs> but like, that's oh, what- Tracy's mad at me. Donuts? <laughs> oh, man. Like, yes. I should be mad more often. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Donuts are a love language, so if you came over, I'd be like, Jen, welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we'll have to go out for uh, pancakes and donuts. Mm. (laughs) Yum. Uh, Soggy takes advantage of the pen again, so she uses the transformation pen. Completely ignoring Luna once more. Mm -hmm. And I find it really strange that she becomes like this fortune teller. What's up with that ugly mustache that she gets? <laughs> it's like, what? This disguise is so bad. I know. Karina's like, okay, they're going to know it's her, right? And I'm like, I don't know. She's got a mustache and sunglasses. <laughs> <laughs> and, and like, she's. Okay, so she decides to be a fortune teller. And I'm like, I don't know much about Japanese fortune telling customs, but she throws all the sticks in the air. She catches two of them and she's like, now kiss. I'm like, I don't think that's how it works. Well, that's probably how a 14 year old thinks it works. And she's like throwing these sticks in the air. And I'm like, those better be Pocky. (laughs) (laughs) But then a bunch of them fall to the floor. So you just wasted a Pocky. That's true. Yeah. That's I'd be true. very don't, sad if she wasted all that pocky. Don't waste the pocky. <laughs> uh, poor, and then, yeah. So then Grandpa um, Grandpa ends up fighting Zoysite again. I love that he can detect when, like, Grandpa can detect when Zoysite's going to appear. And he's like, show yourself, evil spirit. And Zoysite's, here I am. Yep. Um. And Tuxedo Mask shows up before even any of the Sailor Scouts show up to get the crystal. And then he's just like, well, there's a monster running loose. Bye. I'm going after the crystal. I'm like, shouldn't you do something about the monster before it kills somebody? But Yeah, okay. well, the only thing driving him is getting those crystals, right? Yeah. yeah. He's very focused on that one thing. Got to get the crystals. I love the monster, though. He's so funny looking. Mm-hmm. And so I... Mm-hmm. I think that... Okay, so... I think the best part about the fight is... So Ray doesn't transform, which I find very strange. Yeah. Um, about that. I'm like, why didn't she change? Yeah. I mean, like, why is she changing into her own clothing when she, like, senses danger? Typically, she would just transform, right? Yeah. 
Um, so I found that very strange. Maybe it's because Yuichiro was around, so she didn't want to. No, but she didn't want to try to explain why Sailor Mars is standing in her bedroom. I thought he got knocked out. He did get well. He does afterly. Afterly. After. Afterly. Um, but I uh, like he tries to save her, which I thought was cute. Like he sees the monster. He doesn't just like skedaddle. He's like, I gotta go save Ray. So he runs into the temple to save Ray. Catches her getting dressed, and he's like, she's like, don't look. And he's like, I saw. I saw. I know. And then he tries to protect her, which is super cute. He's like, he he attacks the monster himself, and he's like, Ray, just run away. But then gets knocked out. And then Ray still doesn't transform. Yeah, like, I thought that that would be a good opportunity for her. Like, I thought he was knocked out for a reason, so that she could transform. But she doesn't. Yeah. Um, and we see something really interesting in this episode. So, like, Usagi transforms. She's there. And she tells Ray what to do. She's like, you need to use one of your charms to, like, immobilize Grandpa so I can take care of it. And Ray doesn't even argue. She's just like, yep, gonna do that. I um, thought that was Luna that said that. No, I thought it was That's Usagi who said it. Oh. oh, well. You know, it might be um, a subtitle issue but typically ray would like yeah. fight back if someone's like telling her what to do but yeah. she really accepts that information which is i feel like out of character for ray but maybe showing like a little bit of growth or like perspective yeah um i also like that when usagi throws up she thro- shows up she throws a rock at him mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but then they trans she transforms and Ray is like, be careful, that's my grandpa. And Usagi's surprised. I'm like, you have this is the sixth time you've seen a human transform into a monster. Not the first time you've seen somebody you know transform into a monster. Why are you surprised? Like, she's like, no way, that's grandpa? I'm like, this should not well, be a shock. She didn't know. And even Ray didn't know until she used her psychic powers, right? So... They've been up against more random monsters than monsters who are humans turned into monsters. So maybe she just assumed it was a regular monster. Yeah, but the last five times they fought a monster, it's been a human. But statistically, they faced more <laughs> monsters that aren't humans. <laughs> I just saying. At the fact that, like, you know, someone she knows is a crystal carrier. Right? It's like, if, Jen, you ended up having Chris, I'll be like, no fucking way. Oh, yeah, I guess so. Because everyone else, she kind of has just met. I think she would have been really surprised if, like, her brother was a crystal carrier. Because, yeah. Yeah. I agree. That's probably what it is. Um, The the other Sailor Moon podcast I listened to that I've talked to a bit bit about on this one, uh, Sailor Business, um, when they reviewed this episode, they now refer to Ray as being one quarter monster because her right. grandfather is a monster. <laughs> yeah. And then I'm like, is that where they get their psychic powers from? Is it because they're what she's one quarter monster? That's how, why she has such strong psychic powers. It might be. <laughs> That's very interesting. I'm wondering, do so we see Ami's boyfriend again. Does he still have psychic powers? Uh, I think so. Yeah. 
So, I mean, like, they don't, I guess they don't, like, lose their powers. I find it weird that some people have powers and then some people don't really. Like, what's Reika's power? Nothing. No, she doesn't have, other than she's really good at, uh, apparently, uh, anthropology. Is it anthropology? I don't even know what she does. Well, There's, like, she was Erlenmeyer flask. And- no, no, forget the monster part. She was going to Africa to study the origins of life. So I'm thinking she's, like, paleobotany or anthropology or something like that. Oh, okay. I'm trying to figure out if Ray's parents had psychic powers, too, but they don't say. We don't really see her parents, ever. Unless they can't no, think not in the so anime. Don't we do. Yeah. Uh, it's mentioned in the manga. Apparently her mother died, and her father is a famous politician, so they never ever, Ray never ever sees him. So I'm assuming that Ray's grandfather is her mother's father? I just want to know which one of her parents is half monster. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Maybe that's how she died. Tragic. Uh, oh, she names her crows in this one. I don't know if she named the crows before. Um, yeah, they've, they've had names in earlier episodes. Yeah. I know that I called them Phobos and Deimos because I knew that. But I don't remember if she's the one who called them. Um, and I like that the crows are, like, laughing at Yurichiro as he's doing his training. Yes. And the crows are like, ha, 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 look at that idiot. <laughs> as crows probably would. Mm-hmm. But I think this is really the only episode where the crows are even, like, close to characters. Although in the manga, don't they, they turn into Sailor Senshi. They're Sailor Phobos and Sailor Deimos. Oh, interesting. Just super briefly, like in a like a flashback. I guess they were like Princess of Mars's handmaidens. So they're oh. like tiny little fairies. Very cool. Yeah. I'm trying to find a link to that, but that's okay. Um, yeah, everybody in the manga, like everybody is a Sailor Senshi in some way, shape, or form, almost. Ooh. I need to read the manga. I still haven't gotten around to it. But libraries yeah. are open, so... I'm there you go. <laughs> uh, apparently in the dub, uh, the Daifuku was referred to as chocolate cakes. And the scene where the monster tries to strangle Ray was cut out. <laughs> oh. Because we can't chocolate see cakes. that. Chocolate cakes. So, I don't remember the English version. Um the cake situation did they look the same did they even try to edit them to like look different i, think I don't think so the same. they just kind of changed what they call it hmm interesting but it makes me want to go out and get some delicious snacks so then I, I i looked it up and i'm like what's the difference between the mochi that we already had and daifuku um i think the ratio of filling to um rice flour coating daifuku uh, is is mostly like the filling and it's it's a bit bigger it's like a cake more than like a little snack oh so yeah i know it's, it's, it's like all, mochi. it is pretty much like a bigger mochi uh, <laughs> at least that's like, what it looks like to me 
I was thinking, oh, we should have done Daifuku, or we should do Daifuku as a snack. But then I'm like, but if it's the same as mochi, then we've already done it. it I would say that a lot of desserts are pretty much just like pounded rice, sticky rice, <laughs> um, made into like mixed with the different things to make them del- like different delicious things. Like we're going to do dango, I think coming up soon and that again is just like pounded sticky rice Um, but this one is it's different because it's not steamed it's boiled so you know the all the desserts are almost the same (laughs) and everything has red bean (laughs) i really like uh the very very end of this episode where uh grandpa and yuichiro and rei and usagi are all eating the daifuku and uh they're, you know, they're chatting and then Amy and Mako show up because they feel bad. And they walk into this scene of Usagi being chased by Ray, being chased by Yuichiro, being chased by Grandpa. And they're like, oh, I guess everything's back to normal. Like, why, why would they walk into that scene and be like, look, everybody's friends again? <laughs> because that's what they are. That's how they're friends. <laughs> There's like, a very love-hate relationship between Ray and Usagi, I think. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. For sure. well, so I guess that is this. That is it for that episode. Do you guys have anything else you want to say about episode thirty? Just trying oh. to think. No. Yeah, like they're super cute episodes, but there's not a lot of plot progression in either of them other than there's two more rainbow crystals mm-hmm. I just feel like the these episodes get a lot more interesting than some of the filler episodes we had like episodes 1 through 20 like things start to heat up the characters are starting to develop a lot more um, the look of each episode is a lot prettier uh, and there's more characters so it's getting more interesting, even if it's just what you might typically say, like a filler episode, it doesn't move the plot along. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in this one, Zoysite gets the crystal. So uh, what are we up to now? There's six rainbow. We guess we only have one more rainbow crystal left. I know. Interesting. And then the plot's going to move on because all of the rainbow crystals will be gathered. Bum, bum, bum. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're actually pretty close to the end now, I guess. How many episodes uh, are there in, I guess, the season? There's 46. That is a long season. Yeah. It in is. The, the, the North American English dub, there were only 40 episodes. Uh, because they took the last two episodes and, like like heavily edited them and turned them into one episode um so i'm excited to get to the last two episodes because i don't remember them very well in the japanese version i may have watched it once uh but i really know i really remember it from the uh the the uh, deke dub so i'm gonna be like oh what happens it's exciting (laughs) (laughs) even though i know i've seen it and i know what happens i'm still excited (laughs) uh yeah, so the next episode, uh, the next two episodes we'll be talking about, episodes 31 and 32, uh, Loved and Chased, Luna's Worst Day Ever. Uh, 
I love this episode. It's the one with the fat cat that has the uh, <laughs> crystal in it who like falls in oh, love with yeah. Luna. <laughs> and then episode 32 is Umino's Resolve, I'll Protect Naru. So uh, Umino and Naru show up again in this one. Uh, and this is the one that was called Tuxedo Melvin in, in North America, which should be interesting. I don't remember what happens in this one. But I think this is another one of the growing relationship between uh, Umino and uh, Naru. Which should be interesting. But the fat cat one is the best. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Poor Luna. <laughs> and then we finally get Sailor Venus. Yes. Yes. In episode 33. Yay. You're, you're skipping ahead too much. <laughs> okay, that's as far ahead as I'm skipping. Because I'm just like, cool stuff is on the horizon. <laughs> stay tuned. So stay tuned to our awesome podcast. Uh, any final thoughts you guys have on these two episodes? Did I already say that? I don't remember. <laughs> I might go out and make some, like, Hayashi rice, actually. Looks what is good. Hayashi rice? So, I've been looking it up. So, it is hashed beef rice. Um, and it, it pretty much, when you, like, look at recipes online, it kind of looks like a, almost like pot roasty. Mm. Mm. Yeah. I put it in, maybe we might do one in a, in a later episode. It won't be really much of a snack. It'll be more like a meal, but it's the snack you eat like a meal. <laughs> yeah. I think this might be a, if we could do an in-person recording of this, because uh, this is a lot for us each to make individually. Yeah, I Although, guess that could work. <laughs> it looks super good. Mm-hmm. It looks oh, very yeah. filling, for sure. Oh, yeah, it's di- it's dinner. <laughs> it's a it's a late night podcast recording. Yeah, I was like, we usually like right now, we usually record these early in the mornings. I think this would be a late night, yeah, definitely a dinner recording. Mm-hmm. Also, you need a Dutch oven. I don't have a Dutch oven. Mm. I gotta I stop to... looking at food. Okay. <laughs> that looks super good. So yeah, we'll add Hayashi rice, I guess, to our, our list of potential snacks. Um, if anybody listening has ideas for us for snacks that they want us to try, uh, feel free to let us know. Uh, look at this segue. You can email us at <laughs> uh, we're still backing uh, we're still piggybacking off of True North Nerds, the other podcast that I do with uh, my husband Brent and our two friends Ryan and Kevin, who have both been on this podcast too. Um, so you can email us at truenorthnerds at gmail dot com. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at True North Nerds. We have our own Instagram at Sailor Stacking. Um, and yeah, that's how you can get into touch with any of us. Uh, so, yeah. Thanks very much for listening. May, thank you very much for being on our show. No problem. My pleasure. <laughs> I'm sure we'll have you back on again if you want. <laughs> More snacks. More snacks. Not say no to snacks. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, on behalf of uh, me and Tracy and our guest, May, thank you very much for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.